I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I'm sassy, classy, and my blonde is never brassy. I'm the reason it's called the Kiki. <laughs> Factually correct, and I would not accept anything less than the total truth from this week's guest, you guys. <laughs> 
Oh my God, my it's my tagline. First off, talk about the truth or nothing but the truth. Mine is 100% not the truth because I, my I feel like my roots do get brassy and it's really upsetting to me. <laughs> not not as upsetting as when I didn't get color for like nine months or whatever and people told me how much they loved my dark hair for fall which I took as a personal insult because that wasn't a choice that was a root but um (laughs) getting to the roots this week you guys it's Andy's girls it's episode 196 and I am so excited to be joined by a guest who has been on the People's People's Patreon couch before for an episode that if you haven't listened to, I highly encourage it because I have was obsessed with her before and I've been obsessed ever since. None other than Kiki Monique, also known as the Talk of Shame, who is truly the quote-unquote CEO of Deep Dives and Callouts, a woman who has... 160,000 plus TikTok followers. So just as just almost as much as I have on Instagram. And I don't want you to feel bad about that. Okay? I just want I just want you to understand that like we have goal setting and I'm at about a bajillion right now and I just want to let you know that I'm here for you and if there's any way that I can help you grow your audience. You know, it's just a passion of mine. It's a real passion pursuit. I love um, it. I love the support. <laughs> Kiki, how are you? Welcome to Andy's Girls Classic. I love this. I love being here. I feel so special. I mean, you are. It is an illustrious group. We are on episode 196. We're slowly, and I always use like the royal we, where me and my alternate um, side personalities, all of which are just joyful, joyful and wonderful <laughs> at all times, um, getting close to two, episode 200, which is like... That's like historic. That's major. I know. I've put so much work into episode 200 as I shake my head. Absolutely not. Um... And you know what? Back in the day, pre-COVID, I was thinking well into the future and was thinking 200, I was going to do a live show in New York. Spoiler alert, guys. I guess I can talk about that now. Not going to be happening anytime <laughs> soon. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to be a different kind of 200 than one that I had envisioned. But that's the glory of, you know, just adapting and changing and restructuring goal setting and um you know all that good stuff one of my goals having you on ag classic so i'm so glad that you're here i love that i'm a goal that makes me even feel more special yes (laughs) (laughs) so we're i'm recording in new york you're recording in la how is los angeles doing today um, LA is interesting. I mean, it's nice that, you know, there's palm trees, there's beaches. It it doesn't make me miss mm-hmm. the snow of New York. But since everything's closed, mm-hmm. like we're literally the only state that just can't do anything. And I feel like everyone's living like this. And I'm like, no, we're the only ones living like this. So it's just a lot of time in my apartment petting my cat. So I don't know. I don't know. I still feel like a New Yorker, really. Because there isn't a lockdown in, is there a lockdown in LA right now? There is. They, they like reinstated it like on my birthday, November 25th, on my oh birthday. Oh my God. So that was the last night I was able to go out to a bar and they closed at 10 o'clock. And since then we have not been able to go set foot into another bar, another restaurant. 
and I don't know when it's gonna I don't know when it's gonna open. I go and I look and I'm like, when's the expiration date? And it's like there's just no answers. So that we've had as far as well, actually, you know what? I would be lying if I said that. I don't remember I don't remember when indoor dining at twenty five percent here in New York got shelved and now it's essentially like takeout and delivery but you know there are I'm gonna fuck up this number oh my god guys do not believe me but there was a cover story for New York magazine that I think like 5,000 restaurants in New York have closed since COVID began I believe it I don't know that is it 5,000 is it I don't remember what the number is, but it's a big number, and it's just really uh, – is it 5,000? I, I feel like every time I it. opened up Eater, it was just a, a laundry list. So, I mean, I would believe 5,000 for sure. Right? It's like something crazy. Um, and, you know, later on in the episode, I just started a new um, – uh, segment on Andy Scrolls called Small Business Satchels. So we have a thing on AG called Satchels of Gold, which are listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns, um, really anything that our people are thinking as they're watching and digesting, you know, what's going on on TV as well as IRL. And so I started a segment called um, Small Business Satchels, just giving a shout out to, um, you know, my favorite indie places and listener favorite indie places so that we can hopefully help some yeah, of these small businesses that's cool. yeah so i would love to a little bit later on the episode get one of um would love to have you shout out one of your favorite businesses be it a restaurant or bar or store or whatever you'd like and i have one from um an ag and guys i love getting your small business satchel so if you would like to get your favorite small business shouted out on a future episode of Andy's Girls, either in a um, shout out itself or an ad, both of which, of course, will be gratis, please email andysgirlsshow at gmail.com uh, with your first name, town, the name of the company, and um, uh, why and what they mean to you. Because we want to help our small businesses that's the heart and soul at least in nyc you know that's kind of everything um i'm trying to find this number and i can't so guys just just pretend it's like literally whatever it is i have truly genuinely absolutely no idea what the number is i thought it was 5k but i think there's a five in there i wish it was only five but um anyway so what are you doing to you know keep yourself um entertained during this time you know la is kind of going through it right now with numbers you know is are you do you feel like you're watching bravo now more than you were before are you more focused on you know doing the investigative journalism work that you do on tiktok which is really what it is you're translating (laughs) problematic experiences or uh almost like case files through the glory and lens of tiktok and ig and giving some you know you you always have receipts you're like the queen of uh not just a kiki but providing data and information have you feel do you feel like that focus has changed at all during quarantine um i don't know if it's changed but um i do feel like i'm going like kind of back to my roots of like the Southern charm. Cause like that was sort of where it all began. And I've been rewatching a lot of old stuff and mm-hmm. that's been kind of fun. And even, even outside of Bravo, I've just been looking at old shows, like just like memory unlockers, like just all sorts of reality shows and some scripted too, um, to just like 
do deep dives on, which has been really fun um, in general. So I think it's like still the same focus, but I'm kind of expanding my scope, I guess you could say. And how, you know, what has been sort of the biggest surprise for you? Um, Just, I think for like all of the shows that I had forgotten about, like, and I, and I realized like I watched so many of these shows and they meant so much yes. to me at the time. And then I've just like forgotten about them. And then I was like, how did I just like forget about this amazing show that meant so much to me? Like, I've been trying to like track down a lot of the um, old like Rock of Love episodes, which Whoa. I really love. <laughs> oh my god! Because I realized like I I I really miss um, that early two thousands reality show. It was just like that era was, it was completely ridiculous, but there was it was like no other. Like it's completely changed and. So when I started going back, I actually discovered, I don't even, I haven't talked about it because I don't know how I feel about it, but I discovered Zeus Network and Zeus Network is like, you pay for it. It's like a monthly subscription and they have what felt like old school, early 2000s reality shows. Cause like just the formats. And I was like, okay, I got interested. And I started watching this one show um, I think it's called like One More Chance of Love. Chance was the guy who competed for New York, who was Flavor oh my God, of Love. I remember this. Yes. I remember this. I never watched it, but I remember the name. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And so now he had his own reality show, which was the same, you know, he had women coming in to compete for his love. And I don't know if it was because it was a subscription based thing. Oh, no. This was like, you know how people feel about Mona Scott Young and VH1 and how like people are like, I don't know what she does for the black community. It just doesn't feel mm. like with all of her hip hop and like this was a whole new level. And I think it's, um I think this network is a lot of Ray J and Princess Love, like because they seem to promote it a lot on their IG. Um, oh my God. But they are bringing back, I don't even know. I don't even know how to talk about it because like I don't want to say it's problematic because I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, but there was some stuff that I was like, wow, this is this is on the, on the television in 2021. But I guess they're getting away with it because it's subscription it's based. You don't have to, you know, watch it. You're opting into it. So maybe you get away with a lot more. But I was like. <laughs> what was what was problematic? What is it like? It was a lot sexy okay. time stuff or what? So, like for instance, there was, um, oh and I, I'm not sure how they identify. It was a person who okay. was not identifying as a woman, and they kept referring to. Wow, well, I have to I think hate about, this already. I know I that's. What, <laughs> I kind of had blocked it out. I'm trying to remember the name. I'm sorry, I'd have to look it up because I'm trying to remember the exact name that they gave to something. T- I feel like it's going to be something awful. It honestly. is. It is. It was. It was like I'm, I'm going to look it up. Um, but that was kind of one. There was another. There was another uh, woman on the show who they kept questioning whether she was born a woman. And she kept having to prove herself. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. It, it so was, it was just a lot of transphobic. It was a lot stuff. of that. It was a lot of that. And then it was like they had a really big girl and you know, her nickname. Cause you know, like on those shows, remember everyone got nicknames on Flavor of Love, Rock Love, everyone got oh nicknames. Oh my god. And like her nickname was like Roly Poly Snack Meals. And it was like Yeah, cool, awesome. But I'm like, it's but like then when I go to their Instagram, they 
they also were claiming those names on their Instagram. So it just made me think that they had bought into this when they signed up for the show and were like, okay with this. But it was also just like odd to see in this time because we just, we've just moved past that in so many ways. And I was kind of like, this is weird to watch. I don't even know. I think the, the standards have, have certainly changed on TV, but you know, what has been ingrained in all of us remains as a society of um, othering people, be it someone who is non-binary and, and, you know, society or a group of people or the entertainment industry needs a definition or, God forbid, an opportunity to, like, make fun of this person. I yeah. mean, like, the early – that was a very – different time and there is some quality tv from the early 2000s certainly reality tv from then was still finding its footing in many ways lord knows storytelling has changed but oof yeah i'm glad we're no longer there i'm glad that you can actually watch it now i mean that's a great thing to watch it through the lens of today and see okay here are the layers of like problematic production which is what that is yeah because a producer or an editor or whomever it has decided that the person x will be anointed with title y with absolutely no idea of that person's sensitivities and god forbid they know that person's sensitivities and they're like cool let's manipulate that you know yeah, yeah. So that was weird. I was kind of like, I I just had to shed that after. I was like, I can't, like, let me just. that's a lot. It was weird. It was weird. But, you know, then I discovered, you know, just other things that I hadn't been watching. Like, I I had just started uh, 90 Day Fiance, which I I had not been a watcher of that. Um, And I I enjoy, I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, I haven't talked about it much, but yeah. People love it. Can you tell me? So I have seen, I think I've seen like pieces of episodes from like previous roommates, but I was honestly like confused. I just never understood like why these people were getting married. (laughs) I was like, why is the rush though? Like this doesn't seem like a, so what was your experience? What were you thinking prior to beginning the series and how has that potentially evolved? I mean, I think I understood the premise. It's like, I understood that you had 90 days (laughs) to get married because your visa expired. It's like you were able to bring your, you know, partner over. You have 90 days to like get married. Um, But like following these people and sort of understanding like, you know, certain countries, you know, they make it really easy. Other countries, Mm -hmm. it's like not so easy. And like you might have Mm -hmm. to go to their country and get married in a certain way and that and and that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, I'm always again, I'm always sensitive. Like I I always Mm -hmm. feel weird dating online because I'm always just like, you know, I can be fetish fetishized in certain ways. Right. Like I'm a black woman. I'm a big woman. And so like. Um, when I look at that, I'm always just like, when I see certain couples, I'm like, does he really like her? Or does he like her for this reason? Or, or does he like her for this reason? And so like, I'm always looking at it from like that perspective too. But in general, I mean, most of the couples I actually think, I don't know, they need each other in different ways. And like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's kind of like, I'm never going to judge you. Like if you need this person in your life for whatever reason it is, as long as it's not harmful to you, then have at it. You know, it's, it's hard to find love. 
do people like connect with the like I genuinely don't know a ton about it but I know that it's a huge series and there's a huge audience and there's probably crossover with like Bravo and 90 Day Bravo I know there's crossover with Bravo and The Bachelor for example The Bachelorette which I cheat I don't I don't actually watch it but I like people.com and us magazines so I'm like I, I know the players I've tried to watch episodes but I'm like I can't I just I don't have the focus for it yeah. I like I don't I don't care enough about the yeah. narrative of like <laughs> marriage being the end all that I'm like okay go to your little secret room or whatever where you guys like don't have camera like go to the end I yeah. want to see like the second to last episode <laughs> and even then I want to see 15 minutes um but with 90 day do you feel like the 90 day audience is there a connection to the couple or is it like do people care about following the journey or is it this is genuine pure escapist entertainment through the lens of probably I wouldn't make the kinds of decisions necessarily that some of these people are making. So I can watch with the perspective of like kind a little bit of an outsider voyeur more so than housewives. Yeah, I, I think it's outsider. I mean, again, I just started watching it. So maybe, okay. you know, but for me, it's more just like, you know, there's like one couple, for example, they, um, you know, are living in Virginia with his parents on their farm. You know, she came over from, I believe, Ukraine. And immediately the parents are just like putting her to work. Like they want her up at like 4 a.m. No. Shoveling, you know, <laughs> cow manure. Like doing like, you know, getting eggs like out of the, the chicken coop. Like they like want to. And she is just like. And it's funny because you watch her and she's like in the confessionals. She is like, this is killing me I don't want to do this but when she's with them she's being very like she's doing it she's smiling she's being very nice and like but the parents just still think she's not doing enough and so you like just get connected in that way I'm not connected in them as a like, invested in them as a couple like I don't really care what happens to them but I am like really curious about just like how are you living with your parents and sneaking around and trying to have sex in the hot tub and it's just weird <laughs> oh my okay guys maybe i need to like watch an episode and talk about it on patreon or something but i feel like i honestly am saying that out loud i'm like i don't know that i could do it but it is addictive i hear that it's addictive it's pretty addictive I just, it's pretty i don't addictive. know that i have i don't know that i have capacity for it at this time i feel like there's so much going on with bravo and i mean like you know we talked about southern charm for a hot second and you know, I it was sort of a pill for me to get through parts of this season, but my God, that finale, holy shit. What were your what are your thoughts from the finale going into the reunion? How do you feel about the art of watching and trying to survive watching, you know, all things Southern Charm, which is a show made up of a lot of challenging <laughs> challenging yeah individuals and such, yeah. yeah and I, and I I said to myself I am not going to make any judgments until I get through the end of the season I want to see every single episode mm -hmm. to see how they handle all of these things and like by, by the time I watched last night's episode I was like it's clear Catherine has no interest in accepting responsibility for the things that she said she mm -hmm is just over dealing with it you know i think she you know was trying to act as if she like cared 
because everyone was coming at her. But the minute she was over it and just was unwilling to address the whole, because I didn't even know about the minority comment. It was like everybody kept talking about the monkey emoji. And that was like what I was focused on too, because that was what we saw in like all of the papers and all of that. And when they brought up on the show that, you know, she claimed she didn't know who she was talking to. But then they were like, but she said, you know, don't use your minority claim. You're what makes this, you know. Then it was very clear she knew exactly who she was talking to. So just own up to it. You know, like I think Shep was a perfect example of somebody that I did not, I was not into. Like I, he mm-hmm. was, had issues from the start and we have seen him evolve and he's owned a lot of his things. I'm not saying by any means he's perfect, obviously not, but he is somebody that I could say like, okay, I could see having a beer with him and we could get along and we could talk. And like, he's willing to accept his like, you know, the things he's done wrong. I feel like Shep in some ways is like the best case scenario. I never thought that he would be able to recover after that video went viral and I was so disgusted by it, but him being like pretty open and, and forthright and, and seemingly taking accountability for it and doing so in the ways of like, here's why that, you know, behavior was inappropriate, racist, and you know, it won't kind of happen again. And I don't want to quote him directly on that because I don't think that was his language, but I mean, for a Bravo Lab or at least a cast member on Southern Charm specifically, where the bar is extraordinarily low. I think he did a pretty good job of it. And, you know, I feel like there is the idea of quote unquote cancel culture, which to me is used by um, a lot of people to mute conversation around accountability by saying, oh, you're just, you know, it's like, it's like the fucking manipulation of the Karening of it all, like calling someone a Karen, which doesn't, it's like misused yeah. every day. But the idea of saying, oh, this is cancel culture. When you talk about challenging or, or challenging instances where someone, a Bravo lab, whomever is acting in a way that's inappropriate, problematic, or it's like an example of racist behavior to discuss the actual situation itself is not actually cancel culture. It is, to me, culture culture. Yeah. So we need to be in an environment where if somebody fucks up, we have a conversation about it. And the idea of holding someone accountable to me is like us holding all of our, you know, ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. And so people introduce this term and misuse it, misappropriate it, I think as a way to manipulate conversation to mute it to silence it and I feel like at least with Shep he's taking some responsibility Mm -hmm. you know and is using at least his platform to um grow a little bit you know because yeah I think that's that's, like such a great explanation because I totally agree like it is people try to say that like you're just trying to cancel everybody and like no it's not I don't I want I want these people to learn like like I want us to move the needle forward and I can only do that if they're willing to like receive the information and you know be willing to say like you're right I fucked up and like how can I be better 
And the problem with Catherine to me is that like she just keeps lying. Like she has convinced herself that she did nothing wrong. She snapped at somebody, but that's all it is. And why are you trying to quote unquote cancel her? And what it appears that like Leva, Madison, what the rest of the cast is doing is saying you need to at least own up to what is very obvious from screenshots and everything else, which is a series of racist DMs. And Catherine's response is, why weren't you guys protecting me, defending me, surrounding me, silencing conversation? You're not a good enough friend. When the opposite is true, she's putting all of her friends in a really shitty position by publicly and privately refusing to own up to, you know, inc- not to use the word of the day, but like incredibly problematic behavior for a woman whose last name is Calhoun. <laughs> yeah. And I really, you know, I felt for love of this season. And, and I will say that, like, I felt like I was one of those, almost like a sister, right? Like, I was harder on Leva because, like, mm. I put myself in the position, like, if I had been in Leva's shoes, like, what would I have done? You know, not that I would have done it any better. But, you know, like, I would, you know, occasionally just be like, hey, you know, like, I like what you were doing. That's cool. Like, comment with her, you know? And, like, I think the problem she faced this season was, one, Bravo came in and they were like, we have to address this in some way. And like Leva is going to be the answer to this. And they just sort of like hammered with that. And it was like every episode was like, you know, let's show her like going at Catherine, going at Catherine. And so a lot of people, it turned some people off towards the end because people started looking at it as like, she just won't stop, you know? So I think she like dealt with that, you know, and I think that was some editing stuff. But then it was combined with the fact that like we're, this whole season is happening during COVID and mm-hmm. Leva's empire is built around restaurants and hospitality. Well, all of that's closed. So we can't even focus on any other parts of her life because all of that is shut down. So now it's super like hyper-focused on just that. So in the end, I was like, by that last episode, I was like, you know, she was the MB- MVP to me because like she made it through. It had to be a hard season because I know that they were like putting a lot on her shoulders to like, hold Catherine's feet to the fire. Um, And then, you know, I don't know if you've seen like the previews for the reunion. Oh, I have. But it's, it's, it feels like, you know, and Catherine even says it, like you haven't seen this bitch in a while, but she's back. And it's like, exactly. Like I know she was just under the surface and you've been holding back because you were just trying to come across as like, I've changed you guys. And like, once you just like were unwilling to accept, you're like, fuck it, this is who I am and deal with it. So. And who doesn't look sympathetic when they're, you know, standing next to and or stooping Thomas Ravenel. So like the fact that we gave her a little bit of a sympathy edit, it's like, yeah, okay, a Ravenel and a Calhoun, like great choices on Southern Charm. But like he is like the literal devil. Yeah, he's <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. Terrible. The fact that if this is even true, that he had another kid and didn't tell his OG baby mama for a month, like, and that's coming from Catherine, so who knows, but I do tend to believe it when it comes to T-Rev stuff. That is, to me, wild. Yeah, it's like, both of them, I mean, in a weird way, they deserve each other, and I kind of wish they had just stayed together because it's Mm -hmm. just like, you know. Can I ask you, so you do these 
almost like video packages on TikTok that translate so well on that app as well as on Instagram, where you're describing situations, providing clarity, narrative, and also receipts. What has been to you, you know, what has, what piece has driven the largest conversation because so many of them have gone viral and passed around and amplified and shared by people in the Bravo community. What has to you been like, you know, the, the, the match has been lit, you know, where there were some fireworks after it came out. I mean, it's, Oh God, that's a good one because I am always thinking about right now. And I think it's a toss up between Giggly Squad, which the Giggly Squad situation that just happened and Kelly Dodd, which is this recurring theme that has been like, I have just had so many ups and downs. And, you know, with Kelly, it's hard because like her her fan base is is rabid. I mean, like they the people who love her really love her. But like a lot of the people that love her are the same people that like were probably at the insurrection. Like, I'm sorry, like they're the same people and they will just come at you super hard just because they think that you again are trying to just cancel everybody and that like you're just not like you're being you know you're just a moron like you're everything you're sensitive to everybody everything and it's like no I'm actually like not sensitive to everything I actually have a very thick skin I've like um I just want people to again when you call them out to just like admit like I was wrong and Kelly is just one of those people that like refuses to admit when she's wrong and it's the most frustrating thing because the like when Kelly first came into Real Housewives I loved her openness I loved how loud she was and I kind of loved how she like went at (laughs) all of them but you know, I don't know if it was just an act or maybe her ego got to her. I don't know. Maybe, you know, all those things were still below the surface because, you know, obviously other things have come out since then. Um, you know, she just doesn't take accountability for the things that come out of her mouth. And it just drives me insane. But it drives a lot of conversation. It's It does. Like, no conversation gets riled up like a Kelly Todd conversation, I feel like. I mean, the thing is, she's very consistent. She is like a very reactive person. She feels like one of those early aughts action movies where remember it's like two minutes in the world is coming to an end because the core was made out of like bubble gum or something. And everyone's like, oh, okay, we're about to die. And then there's like a, a cowboy fireman who like throws a fucking bandaid on Saturn, Saturn and we're all okay. Like Kelly feels like that. Like the core was always unstable. It was just a matter of time before we found out or yeah. maybe We always kind of knew, but we didn't think it was going to harm some of us or or it was like more being focused, you know, Shannon's way or Vicky and Tamara's way. And we liked that reactivity or we appreciated or we felt like it had value. And then all of a sudden, when you remove some of those other planets, we're left with like a world on fire. And that's a good metaphor. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. My science teachers are like, wow, Sarah, this is why this is why you were failing chemistry. Your senior. This is why you were applying to college and your report cards were like, ha ha. <laughs> That's exactly what my transcript said. Ha ha ha. You know, the Kelly stuff. So 
we should talk about. I mean, are you watching Orange County this season? So I had told, you know, I had said I wasn't going to watch. And then what happened was like one of like, you know, again, I'm in L.A. Everything shut down. I hang out with two people. And one of the two people that I hang out with watches everything. And so when I'd be at her house, I had no choice. So I was like, okay, fine. As long as I'm watching it in your house, on your TV, and I'm not talking about it, then I feel like I'm still living up to the fact that like I said I wasn't going to watch it or talk about it on my I mean, can we also, though, remove if you want to watch Orange County, you should watch Orange County. Like there is the I think a lot of accounts are saying, like, we're not necessarily going to amplify it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, my thing, my that was my whole thing with like the boycott, too, is I fully support anybody that wants to participate in it. I myself was not and was just not watching Orange County. And I haven't seen an episode because it just I thought it was going to get to it was going to be like to it was going to be bad for my soul, essentially, is I would be too upset and too frustrated and it wouldn't be enjoyable or or at least kind of like a conversation starter but to say that you're watching it up to me I'm like that's you're watching it up it's you know and that's the thing it was like it gives you something that's great I was kind of like I'm watching Southern Charm like to say I'm not gonna watch you know OC just feels so I was like I'm gonna watch it but then you know like every episode honestly I was just not I was pretty bored so I didn't want to talk about it anyways I was kind of like all right well let's just and the thing that was even crazier was as I'm watching it and again I don't know if this was edited or what Kelly was like making sense to me in these episodes and that's like that is why she's a little bit dangerous because like here I am I'm like I know I don't like her but I'm watching these episodes and she's coming across as like having the only brains in a lot of these episodes, like it's, it felt like she was taking the pandemic kind of seriously, even though like all we saw on social was that wasn't happening. So I was like, am I confused? Like what's happening? Um, as we know, she clearly was not because like everything she said in for the first part of the reunion, like she compared masks to like pants holding farts in. So, you know. University of Spoiled Children. Like, this is, that is who we're talking, honestly. So, yeah. So, like, I mean, and then what it just felt like was the season was so boring that it just started becoming, like, clickbait material. Like, I don't even know if a lot of these things that are being thrown out around Orange County or even what's real and what's not. Like, these rumors about Shannon and her daughter and Bronwyn and... Kelly yelling, I'm black. Like, I just don't even know what's real anymore. And I don't know what they're just trying to, like, get us riled up about. So we'll talk about them because the season was so boring. I mean, you know, so there's this thing. I saw a clip and recorded um, a long interview with friend of the pod, Richie Sky, which is out on YouTube. And guys, I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. We talked about you and we, um, you know, Richie showed some of your social media during the interview, which can be seen on his YouTube channel, um, you know, about this whole Kelly Dodd thing saying this like situation where she's saying I'm black because she did a 23andMe recently which showed like three percent from it was a I combination wanted... of west uh it was like west right. asian west and in... african it right. wasn't even all yeah african and it and because she's new to this information she's doing this really fun little rewind where she's saying 
nothing that I said was in any way problematic because a long time after that problematic behavior, I paid 1995 on Rick's visa so that I could have somebody tell me something that in no way should change my behavior for the worse. And yet here we are where Kelly Dodd, this wonderful person has figured out a way (laughs) to make herself look worse, which is just fucking crazy. And like, I'm, yeah. And I'm just starting to think like, I think she just, she just needs the attention so bad. She doesn't care if it's good or bad. And because it keeps her relevant. And so that was kind of why I was like, I decided I was like, I'm fueling this fire. Like <laughs> I literally was, it was at the exact same moment too, that I was like sitting there. Cause you know, I, um, Megan McCain had said something stupid today too. And everyone was getting riled up about it. And like my friend and I were just like, we just need to shut these people off. <laughs> like mm-hmm. us, like, Every time I comment on a post, it just gives Kelly like another 3,000 followers, I realize, because like for every person that like hates her, there's like five that like her. I don't know. Yeah, I had to block her a while ago because I just couldn't do I like actually couldn't help myself from like looking at it. But then it's it's um almost rage porn where <laughs> I'm looking at it because and I know that when I look at her shit, I'm going to get angry. And yet I continue like I don't I can't even. It's like an addictive thing where I had to remove the option by blocking because it was too much. P.S. Sidebar, what did Megan McCain do? She had said, what did she say? On The View today, she got mad. She said she was very disappointed in Joe Biden because he was about to give a speech um, (laughs) and didn't have his mask on. And when he had just made this mandate and it was like, but it was literally like he would just like gotten up to the mic and it was just like everyone was like, "Girl, like, how at about the we?" Link- at yeah. the Lincoln Memorial, is I that guess- what she was talking about? I think so, because I didn't see the I didn't even see the speech he gave, but it was like in a national, yeah, like I guess it was that one. Yeah, because they've mandated masks on like national, yeah, park situation memorials, but it was the day of his inauguration, so he gave a little speech next to Abraham Lincoln. If you think that his security would ever allow him they're protecting him so much more <laughs> yeah harder than they have before um they're not going he's not going to nobody is going to want to see joe biden in a place that doesn't feel secure and also like we're coming off of a president who doesn't believe in basic science you know who probably yeah. would have loved my high school transcripts because you know <laughs> fake news and whatever um you know, that's wild, but that's also just like looking for an argument. I mean, that is yeah. kind of the reality of a lot of what we're talking about, which is like these are situations where someone is trying to be provocative. But at what point do you allow them to provoke you? you exactly. Know? And I mean, I and I feel like Meg, Megan and Kelly are almost the same people, which is funny that they had that little spat, you know, where apparently Megan got mad at Kelly Dodd saying that she was a trust fund kid. But because I'm like, you guys are the same people. You just say things because it keeps you relevant and keeps you paid and, you know, keeps your base growing. I don't even know what you really believe. I just know that you're willing to say whatever to, like, be trending. 
I mean, I think that for better or worse, Megan believes what she says. It just, to me, may or may not make sense. With Kelly, I feel like it's truly wherever the wind blows. And <laughs> well, yeah, because like you that know, was like... The, the thing. Like when I, you know, I had just, I had, I had literally just posted her on my story. Because again, I'm watching OC and I'm like, hmm, she's not so crazy. And then someone had posted like, well, your president just got impeached again. And she was like, he deserved to be impeached. And I was like, whoa, wait, Kelly is agreeing that Trump should have been impeached. Interesting. Nobody would have thought that would have come out of her mouth. But then it's like all today, it's just like people are like, I can't, I'm so glad you stood up for yourself at the reunion and called Andy Cohen anti-American and like, da 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 What? <laughs> you didn't see that? Wait, no. So I've seen clips. Okay. I saw the, I saw the, her saying that she was black and I saw another, I saw the clip of the Shannon Bronwyn thing okay. about Shannon's kid. But wait, what is this? What did she say about Andy? She said like, you know, he was like, he had said to her at the reunion, you know, do you really want to be on the wrong you know, side of history? You know, a lot of people have said oh, stuff wow. on social media and she's like, well, I have people who say stuff to you about you being anti-American. He's like, why? Because I don't like Trump. And she's like, yeah. And she, I saw a headline, I haven't read it, that apparently she tried to clarify her comments. I was not interested. I did not click on, so I don't know how it, or if she clarified her comments. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I did like scour through some of her post comments, which again, I probably like you need to just block her because this is how I end up in these holes of her just really like thinking she was standing up for herself by like, you know, making these claims about masks again and saying like, you know, people are like, they don't, but she's like, everyone I've known who got COVID was wearing a mask all the time. And I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that the people in your life were wearing masks all the time. Like, <laughs> I just don't believe it. <laughs> when her mother allegedly, according to her brother's social media, I probably learned this from you. When her mother checked out of the hospital after being terribly sick with COVID, Kelly's brother drove her mom to a restaurant to have a nice meal. This is literally the day that her mom checked out of the hospital. These are like special, special circumstances. Do I think that was a great idea? No. Do I think that the people in Kelly's life are making great choices? Probably not. Am I going to look at Kelly for a reality check? Not to rent the movie, let alone... <laughs> Like anything else. Also, P.S. Guys, speaking of um, fake news, it was 500 restaurants in New York closed, oh, okay. not um, in New York City, not 5,000. Which now that I think about it, is a different number. And either are terrible. But yeah. the 5K was um, was some. Um, I got that from Kelly. She slid into my DMs magically and was like, "I heard, I heard." And uh, P.S. Megan did too. That New York is a shit show based on stuff that they've said on social media. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, we're talking a little bit about, uh, you know, the level of it all, the casting decisions that Bravo made with keeping certain people on amplifying their voices as they've done with Kelly or trying to change or steer a different kind of direction for the show. And I didn't realize that I hadn't watched this week's Dallas until like literally today when I thought to myself, was the Tiffany lunch, was that this week? And I went to BravoTV.com, totally new episode, which I hadn't realized, and watched this awkward, terrible moment that 
probably is going to be a part of some top 10 for Cameron Westcott between Cameron and Tiffany. And it just made me feel like a woman who I think in real time and on these filmed episodes is doubling down in all of the worst ways. I what were your thoughts kind of watching it? So are we talking about the lunch with the chicken feet specifically or the, or the after the, at the pool party? We're talking about the we're talking about kind of both, but okay. the chicken feet being like the you carryover. know the right. Yeah, I mean, this is where I will say the chicken feet specifically was the only thing that I was like, I would not, I don't think I could eat a chicken foot. What I wouldn't say is that's disgusting, right? Like, I think that's like, this is where it comes in. It's like, I think it's okay to be like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I want to like, you know, I respect your culture and everything. And I want to try as much as I can. I just do not think that I can eat a chicken foot. Like, I'm a person, I can't, I cannot even eat an avocado. Like, I can't. Like, if you, I will gag oh, if you get it near me. And like, um, is so it I get. Texture? Yeah. What is it about an Yeah, it's texture? the texture. Okay, I got it. I hear you. I hear you. But I'll eat like bone marrow. Okay. <laughs> Listen, everybody's when it's everybody has a different preference, a different whatever. Yep, yeah. I hear you. Um, so like that part of it, it was like, okay, I get like you don't want to eat a chicken foot. But it was like, again, it's like the whole like calling it nasty, like disrespecting that part of it. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I feel like Tiffany went to um uh, went to the Catherine Calhoun school of glass, uh, gaslighting bullshittery, where not only are you not understanding what this person who happens to be a person of color is telling you, but you are trying to blame them for your own bad behavior and gaslight them into apologizing for you yeah. and not let go. I mean, the difference between the two shows is – you know, there's Leva and other people, Madison. Is it, I'm for, forgetting the name of um, the friend of on Southern Charm, Vanita. Oh, Vanita, yeah. Vanita. There are other people in that cast who are willing to step up and talk about really uh, um, difficult conversations, holding someone in their cast accountable. And then there's Dallas, where. Dr. Tiffany Moon is literally at that table next to people who know better. Stephanie, who's willing to talk about her experiences in a confessional, albeit not in real time. Brandy, who you would think would understand when something certainly relating to um, Tiffany's culture is being discussed in a defamatory way and should know enough to know to step in. And Deandra who talks constantly about travels and different cultures that she's experienced. And all of these people are either walking away as yeah. Carrie did. So they don't have to see it or just staying the fuck silent. And they are allowing their new cast member who is a woman of color be gaslit by this person who like won't let it go until she feels like she has been treated at the standard and level that she decides that only she deserves. That was the, like, I will say the carry walking away was the part that like triggered me. I was like, Oh, that is so messed up. Like I like, I can't deal with it. It's a, like, let's go have shots because like this doesn't affect me. Well, no, it affects you because like 
this is where you use your privilege to step in to help another person and explain like I never I never want to be the person explaining to someone else why they did something wrong if they offended me mm. I want my other friends around me who if it's my white friend talking to the white person that offended me they should be the ones sticking up for me because like that's sort of like that's how you ally right like that's what we say mm-hmm. like I can when you hear it from me, it's just going to, you're just going to, it's just going to be competitive. So it was, the, yeah, Carrie walking away, I was like, oh, that's messed up. Like, they're clearly like, you. and then, yeah, and then Brandy not knowing what to do, like almost just giggling, like, eh, you know, like I could tell she was just awkward, but it's like, yeah, yeah that part was weird. It was, a, it's during a season in which there are especially sensitive areas that need to be discussed that the women don't want to address so they're leaving all of the pressure and work on this new cast member who is a woman of Asian descent whose very culture is being mocked and then is being told I am mocking your culture you better fucking apologize like I am making and you are stereotyping when you when you tell me that chicken feed in your culture is a delicacy and that it is uh, inappropriate to castigate people for eating chicken feet, regardless of whether or not you want to eat it, to call it disgusting is to make fun of or insult my culture. And she is being forced or bullied into apologizing yeah. for being mistreated. And it's mistreatment about being a woman of Asian descent with Brandy six feet away. Yeah. Not a great showcase on <laughs> Dallas this week. I like watched it and then I had to watch that moment. Honestly, I watched that moment four times because I was like, I couldn't believe it. And every time I was so shocked at the silence that surrounded these two women, one of whom was really honestly truly being mistreated and nobody else was saying a word which is not actually even in the housewife vocabulary typically when there's like some sort of conflict somebody else speaks up but these women because I think they thought to themselves I don't this isn't about me I don't want to go down with the ship maybe the way Brandy did maybe the way you know they've seen other um, housewives you know who say inappropriate things and get held accountable or whatever else but in staying silent they're like doubling down on serious mistreatment of a, a housewife who doesn't deserve to be spoken to in that way I think there's like this weird, I think it's like a combination of like, like staying silent because like that is what they're used to. Yep. And then I also think there is this inherent, like, you know, Tiffany is obviously very, we've seen her come back on, you know, Twitter in real time, right? Like she obviously can like hold her own, which is what we're loving. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes when you have that personality, people also assume like, oh, she can take care of it. She doesn't need, she doesn't need our help. Like, Often, you know, like people often think I can hold and I can, but that's not the point. Like I have to hold my own because I've always had to hold my own because that's the only person who was going to do it. Now is like, let's the time is like, I don't have to be the only one to do it. So like, let's all chip in. Let's all, let's all do this. So 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I have, there was a reason I stopped Dallas after season three and I haven't watched season four and everyone tells me it's don't because like. I th- oh, it's garbage. It's honestly <laughs> trash. And Carrie with the K is such bad casting and I can't get past it. I think she is like, honestly, I just think she is so unlikable to me as a woman who at this weird 50th birthday party, which P.S. is a big birthday that deserves to be celebrated, has decided that in her head partying is pouring bottles of vodka down the throats of these women. I just was like, this is depressing to me. Like, this isn't, I don't know about like Nikki Beach, but this is somewhere on the beach to hell. This is not, it wasn't like a good look is what I'm trying to say. I I like, but like, this was the first time I had uh, met like Carrie's daughter. So that was like kind of interesting, Mm. like her coming back, you know, from LA and being like, this town is like bullshit and everybody in it Mm -hmm. is bullshit. And I'm not down with like all of this. So that was like, I was happy to to at least see the interaction. I mean, granted, they were on camera, but like, you know, because I don't know what Carrie's beliefs are, but I know it's Texas. So I just have this like assumption that a lot of people feel a certain way. And her daughter, obviously, in the circle she runs, has people who feel these types of way, too. And she's like now just like not down with it. I will say at least Carrie was, you know, like giving her props to stand up for herself versus being Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe, you know, like you should just, you know, so I don't know. I thought that scene was kind of cool. So. (laughs) It, it was, and not to be like the total, this is this episode is like Sarah's the Debbie Downer, but then we see the preview for next week and it's talking about a really serious circumstance of her daughter, her daughter's mental health which to me i honestly this this the child is what like 18 19 years old i'm thinking to myself this is the storyline is that we're going to talk about this kid's medical information which even if she signed every agreement and said i have no problem with millions of people talking about this i mean in millions is generous but um hundred of thousand of people talking about this or this being on TV until the end of time. I don't know that at 18 or 19, I, I don't know. I don't I don't love the idea that a show that's built around women of a certain age watching the pressure of women who need to be vulnerable and tell their stories with some of the vulnerability being very, very focused on some of the kids. Like that's what made me uncomfortable with the Lisa Rinna storyline lately, where it's like we're hearing about the children's vulnerability and their and their pain or these young adults rather in the case of Lisa Rinna. But that's not the it feels like the responsibility to share and open up to some of the most painful parts are then on the kids and the and the parent is like in this scene in order to guide these things. I yeah. think it would be much more interesting to me to hear more about Carrie and her marriage than Carrie's daughter in crisis. I just, I don't love the permission behind all of it. It makes me slightly uncomfortable. That makes sense. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see the preview. I don't think I watched the preview, but yeah, I agree. Like I get, I, you know, I got, I would get super uncomfortable with Bronwyn's daughter when, you know, they would talk about, you know, her, you know, OCD and all of that stuff. And like, yeah, definitely the Rena situation, you know, um, because especially since she like, you know, snapped at 
you know, Garcelle for even, mm. you know, suggesting that some of her issues had to do, you know, with her, you know, her mom's figure and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I'm always leery with kids uh, on shows like this because I know it's like on one hand, even when they're, even if they're, some people hate it, it's like they still become really popular, I think, in their schools, which is why they mm-hmm. like would prefer to just be on the show and like, even if it's, if everything is exposed, I don't know. Like, I think that generation is just so used to having things exposed that they just really don't look point. at it as like exposure. And it's mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, it's 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 so for yeah, people like us, it's like hard to watch because I'm like, mm, mm, no. That's such a good point because I also didn't grow. I didn't grow up with Instagram or Facebook, so I didn't. I don't experience the world in which this generation does where they are very comfortable sharing and seeing other stories. I'm thinking the record of this is being on Dallas, but for all I know, someone has made the choice to share these stories on Instagram, TikTok, MySpace, (laughs) Friendster, like whatever, you know, months or years ago where they've, you know, been very public about things that are new to me because I don't know these you know, kids, young adults. And also because I'm thinking of reality TV as like being the place where you're sharing when for them they've grown, they're the, it's generation share. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's so wild. It is wild. what's What's the show that you're watching on Bravo right now that you feel like is, um, the biggest kind of conversation starter for you where you're enjoying it, you're, thinking about these you know stories women's stories and you feel like it's giving you what you need or is there not a is there a show that maybe isn't on air that you're hoping to see soon if there's one that's you know not doing it for you right now yeah I mean that's hard I mean I think like you know that when Atlanta started it was like Mm -hmm. a hard it was hard to watch but it like Mm because it you know took me right back to like June 2020 right which was like Mm -hmm. a really really terrible month and um but I also needed to be there because like I don't like I want us to revisit this because I don't want us to ever lose that feeling I don't want us to ever take the foot off the gas and we have to like, we have to get those emotions stirring, even though I was like, you know, bawling at the beginning of it. And I was like, wasn't ready, wasn't ready to see that. But, you know, um, so, I mean, that's been, that's been interesting, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, like they're all sort of like, I just feel like I'm watching just a lot of Housewives. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're giving me exactly what I need. Um, so I don't know. Exactly what you need in the place and time in which we're currently existing or exactly what you need in terms of like just literal content? I think just like almost at like content. Like I think some like some of it is just, you know, I don't know. Some of it just feels like being put on just so that we have something to talk about the next day, which is like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of what housewives is, but I don't know. I don't feel like I used to, I feel like I used to get more out of it than just that. Like let's make a big scene so that like we can talk about it the mm-hmm. next day. Um, you know, like I think Salt Lake city is, you know, dealt, you know, it's diving into some, some parts of, 
America that I've never been exposed to, which has been interesting. Like I know nothing about the Mormon community. And so it's been interesting just to even hear some of that. So that's been kind of cool. Like, you know, um, I really thought it would be a lot. I really thought that it would be a lot about Mary this season. And we live was it's been the total opposite of that. But like hearing Whitney's story, hearing Heather's story has been like interesting. Um, I wish we could have heard more about, you know, Jen's family. I mean, being Muslim in Utah, I just have to imagine is like so insane. And I would have loved to hear more about that as well. But I don't feel like we dove into that very much. But how do you feel about the idea and the rumors that I feel like are almost factual at this point that um, because that's how facts work that uh if you believe it it will become true um that mary was essentially considered a friend of um when the older production company the first production company was working on the show and when they were replaced the new production company decided to promote her to full time but that explains why she's kind of siloed from a lot of this stuff including the trip but I mean, they only have what is it? Five of them? Wait, Whitney, Lisa, <laughs> Meredith, Heather, Heather, Jen. I mean, it could be a five-person cast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, that would seem strange to me because, again, Mary had the fact that she was willing to talk about that stuff right away. She had mm-hmm. the most interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, now that you say that, I mean, I don't. They were casting this before they were trying to diversify, right? Like, this Mm -hmm. was before all of this happened. And I know that people brought up that Sarah chick who turned out to be, like, a QAnon, like, crazy. That they talked about her have been... So she could have been possibly considered. And then maybe when they were like, we need to diversify, like, maybe they were like, let's throw Mary in the mix. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe. I mean, it's quite possible. But I just would think she would be the forerunner because she just has, like the most interesting story (laughs) and so much of that story do you think we'll get into that i mean do you think it's going to be a big part of the reunion when it comes to not just the husband stuff which i think is the focus for a lot of people but for me more about the church yeah the church like the the mystery death of the grandmother the exhumation Mm. like all of these crazy things but i i honestly don't think we'll They'll bring it up because we haven't talked about it on the show. So how can we bring it up now? I think that would be strange. Like for people, they would be like, what are you even talking about? Can you fill me in a little bit about the mystery death and the, I don't know, burial replay? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like when Mary's grandmother, yeah, when Mary's grandmother like ran this church, um, you know, and she married Robert and he was like 24 years younger than her at the time. And so she was, I think, in Florida. Like, she was in Florida and passes away. And one of her daughters was like, this feels suspicious. And she's like, I want an investigation into this. Now, part of the reason I think she... I don't know if she felt it was suspicious right away. I'd have to, like, look at that again. But I know part of the reason she thought it was suspicious was because Robert and someone else in the church was like fraudulently signing things and stealing money and and property and a lot of her her assets um and so she sued them 
And she actually won. According to the documents I found, you know, the daughter, I think it was Rosalind, I think is the daughter name, Rosalind Cazares. She sued them. She won. Um, and then then she wanted to reopen the case of the, the death because she's like, my mother was in good health. There's no reason she should have passed away. They exhumed the body and they did an autopsy and they said, no, it was still natural causes. But she, I, I, from what I read, she's still not buying it. She still thinks it's a suspicious death. But, you know, all the timing, because the exhumation happened, like, I think in the same year that her Mary married Robert. So it's like, oh my God. and, you know, Mary always talks about she had to marry Robert in order to get her grandmother's assets, you know, transferred. So, um, and then even when I dig further, I mean, like, you know, I was digging into like the number of kids she had and she didn't have any kids with Robert. And before she met Robert, I think she had four kids, but she has six kids listed. And then when you look at the other two kids, like it seemed like it came, like she adopted two kids from one of her kids. There's like a whole, yeah, it was like, I was in like a. <laughs> that is a, that is a Mary Cosby hole that I would not be able to get out of. Like who's going to, you know. I have, Honestly, I know, from that. I know it's, it's, it's like, I was, I was going super deep and then, you know, I felt like I was like, I have enough. I don't know if I want to go any deeper. This is really, and I also thought some of it would come out on the show because again, like, you know, in her bio right away, she said like married my grandpa to get my, so I thought it would be talked about. The fact that it hasn't been, has been kind of strange to me. How much of this do you think production, how much of this did production actually look into? I think every, the headline was like, Mary Cosby married her step-grandfather. But it does, it feels like all of this other stuff, when it gets into the fraud and the money and everything else, nobody seemingly went down that path, went through the trail in real time as the show was filming and also, you know, during casting. Do you think that happened at all or is this honestly a shock? That's what I don't like. I would assume if I ran a production company, like everybody, every intern, every assistant would be Googling the hell out of every person. And like, if you found that stuff, I would think it would be like more impetus to be like, yeah, let's bring her on the show. Like it wouldn't be a deterrent at all. Like it's drama. Like we want to see it. Um, so I don't know. Like if they just don't know, that would be strange. But then if they also if they know and they don't talk about it, it's also, I don't know. It's weird. And you know, all of this extra information from doing a lot of research, how does that influence when you're watching Mary in scenes now, knowing what you know about her family and all of this alleged fraud? I mean, I, the, the church stuff, it's kind of like, I've seen so much crazy church stuff. Like there's so many churches out there that are like scandalous and all this stuff. So it's not surprising to me. Right. Like I just mm -hmm. like, um, I'm more shocked, I guess that uh, some of, I know a lot of like some of the church members have come out and spoken like on different, different, mm -hmm. but like, it's not like we've heard a lot of them and it's, you know, not that they had a huge congregation, but I mean, it's enough that, you know, if they're saying that she's using all this money to live her extravagant lifestyle, it's got to be a decent enough size congregation. Um, and from what I understand is that like rumor has it is that when COVID hit and they couldn't go to church services, 
she felt like she was losing control of being able to like, you know, make them do the things because they weren't coming in every day and she couldn't, you know. So I don't know how true that is, but. Um, that she was trying to belittle or badger people into. Giving what, them giving their money and yeah, and all of that stuff, you know, because there was that recording of her, you know, when it was like her birthday or whatever. I don't know. I didn't listen to and like people the, didn't call her. Right, she give her like 14 happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> So they don't, so God doesn't love them. So what you're saying was, you don't love God enough. And by God, I mean me and my DMs. And then, yeah. It's just like, here's my thing. It's like, church to me is kind of like signing up for Zeus Network. Like you signed up for it. If you got, I don't know, like if you got a bad batch, I don't know. Like I don't, I just got to unsubscribe. I don't know. You know, Mary and Robert's wedding invitation. Talk about a chance at love. Hello. There's a spinoff for you. Lord help us. Um, You know, can I ask you a question that's a slight investigative query, which Uh is the theme of this week's up? Um, Atlanta. Yes. There's a confessional where Candy starts talking and you know she's pissed because you can hear a little cry in her voice. And Candy, much like myself, went gets, you know, a little teary when she gets a little angry. And that's just um, a fun little uh, fun little personality <laughs> trait that we share. Um, Candy coated tears. Uh, she gets a little she has a little edge in her voice when she talks about a cast member or cast members who could be more generous with donations to Candy's amazing uh, charitable initiative and organization, but they're not. Who do we think she's talking about? It's got to be Cynthia and Candy. (gasps) What? Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys had seen my heart just literally burst out of my chest and then then you finished. When you started saying Cynthia, I was like, and then I dialed it back. I dialed it back when you said the answer that I was hoping for. Because now, just, what makes? Yeah, tell me. I tell just me, don't me, know. If, like, I mean, because I feel like we, you know, Kenya. I don't know how close Kenya and Candy are, but I feel. Like I they, think they're pretty close. Oh, are they? I think. Because to mean, just get like you know to be like a little bit like I don't know, it just felt like the energy was sort of going towards Cynthia, and I guess maybe because I know she's like throwing this big wedding and like mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. I'm going between the two of them. I mean, Cynthia to me is someone who always shows up, and she showed up back in the day when she couldn't afford the five k, you know, um, uh, open bar or cash esque situation with her marriage to Peter. But she would always, even if she didn't have, you know, tons of um, money in which to support these women or you know buy the whatever, she always seemingly showed up in actual physical support so she was like there she was present for people in that way I think she's been like a pretty good friend like her friend contract you know like there was no direct there was no deposit (laughs) made on that contract you know but like she she was still able to sign and I think seems to be a, a pretty good friend in that way Kenya however to me as soon as candy said that i was like my little ears perked (laughs) and i thought to myself she's fucking talking about kenya who has done some shit making fun of portia and portia's social action work in a way that makes me feel like she's doing it because she's pissed at portia 
and also because she's trying to steer attention away from any questions about what Kenya herself is doing. And the idea that Candy is talking about, there was like something in Candy's voice where it was like genuine anger about this person that I do think is absolutely applicable to who didn't give her money, but it's also applicable to who does not feel charitable at this Mm. time. And Kenya feels like the least charitable person on that cast. Like she is saying these things about Portia that are so inappropriate to me and she's doing them repeatedly which like proves Lauren's point of why she wasn't invited to begin with and yet I don't see her pulling out a check you know like Portia gave 5k privately you know Mm -hmm. where is the money backing up the support from Kenya's side I know I totally agree and like Definitely. I can easily see it being Kenya, obviously, because I think that she is like, she's shady like that. And, you know, of course, when all of the when she was like trying to shade Portia, like for all of the activism work and, you know, claiming it was fake or whatever, you know, of course, in real time, I'm like looking at her Instagram because I always want to see if there's any comments happening while the show is like. And when I did that, I don't know how I ended up on this trail. I like went to. Kenya's like I was like looking at who she was following and I think she follows Candace Owens and I just immediately was like uh, uh." (laughs) look guys I just rested my microphone on my leg (laughs) let me see if it's still there I literally just played dead for a second in my I literally just leaned my body back and look if somebody were to look at you know who I follow that could be problematic because sometimes I follow problematic people because, and I don't want to, I want to because but like, sometimes I do. Um, oh my God. So- I follow shoes and lettuce. So if you guys ever <laughs> want to get one of those two things, feel free to look at my follows. Now we're both going, P.S. first I go from 5,000 restaurants in New York to 500. I'm doing a great job. You should hold me accountable for the bullshit that I've been spewing that's factually inaccurate. Uh, but I take responsibility for it. Um, Kenya Moore following. I don't actually know how to spell the Candace. And- uh, oh, yeah, C-A-N, she is. Yeah. yeah, she's following Candace Owens. And I looked at, you know, everyone else to see, like, well, do other people follow her? And I look at Portia. Like, Portia was not following her. Um, yeah, Portia does not follow her. Um, so that just, like, and again, like, it's hard because, like, I love Killer Mike, right? And I know Killer Mike is friends with Candace Owens. And so then I'm just like, ugh. But, like, with Kenya being friends with Candace Owens, it's, like, a different, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think she's, like, I think Killer Mike might try to have actual conversations to maybe steer Candace's mind, even though Candace is, like, whatever. But, like, I just, Kenya, like, might, I don't know. When, when she made those comments about Portia and then I saw she was following Candace, I was like, ew, no, ew. Do we know, but Kenya, I actually don't know what to say to that. That is a weird turn. Yeah. Because Kenya's supportive of the movement, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any reason. I don't have, I don't, I don't have any reason to believe she's not, you know, um, I, but I also don't really 
follow her intensely enough to know like if how much she's spoken out either. But and and it's possible that she's doing so pri- you know like yeah. It's she's doing so privately or there's a reason that she's, you know. Oh my god, that makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> to be honest. And also people follow you know, sometimes you follow somebody. Look at all the people who follow Kelly Dodd and not because they like her, but because you genuinely want to stay like abreast of what is happening. The people want to totally. understand and get updates about the situation and, and may not support her. Um, it was why I was following Megan McCain until I found out she blocked me. <laughs> oh, my God. Blocked by Megan. Are you blocked by any Bravo Lebs that you know of? I mean, I see. I assume Kelly will block block me soon after mm-hmm. today. Um, I I thought Catherine Dennis from Charleston was gonna block me for sure, um, but she hasn't yet. But I so no, I don't think so. Um, are there are there Bravo Lebs who slide into your DMs when you post your pieces who are like damn straight or uh, my bad or or comment publicly or um who you've seen address some of uh your posts yeah like i i i would have like a little bit like when southern charm was kicking off and i was missing cam um i would like occasionally repost her and tag her and she was always so nice and like we would have little chats back and forth and then when southern charm was also starting like i had reposted something from leva and you know we'll have dms back and forth occasionally um that's really it. But I'm also really bad at, at my DMs too. I'm like really bad at like, it's hard. Cause it's like, it goes yeah, into like different folders. Um, I mean, Andy did comment on my post. So that made me feel very special. What did, what post and what was his response? Well, it was the post that I, I had addressed to him. It was, um, it was after he did the New York times interview and had made the comment about, you know, maybe we were, you know, too quick to like the firings. I think the firings that happened with Stasi and Kristen and, okay. you know, maybe it would have been better to have watched them grow and, and kept them on the show to watch them grow. And I basically addressed it, posted him very nicely, just saying like, get where you're coming from. But, um, you know, and we want these people to learn, but they don't have to learn on the platform while they're getting a fat paycheck they can take the opportunity to step aside, learn on their own. And like, if they want to like earn their way back, I absolutely, we love a comeback story. Um, But like, we don't need to, like, we don't need to watch problematic people solve their problems or pretend to solve their problems on the air. Um, It's not, it just doesn't feel genuine. Um, And his response was just like message received. That's all he said. But I was like, he, the fact that he even responded within three hours, I was that's like, "Amazing! That's amazing!" Like, right? So, um, so I liked that. I when the Giggly Squad stuff happened, I thought I would have heard from them, <laughs> just because I mean, I wasn't tagging them to be like a troll or anything. I was legitimately like, "I I just want you to be aware of this," and they never responded, which I was surprised by, but also not surprised by. And the Giggly Squad, can you give a little, a brief rundown of what that, um, 
story was, what happened. Yeah, I mean, they were doing an episode where they were... And uh, the Giggly Squad, just oh, to yeah. say, is Hannah and Paige from Summer House, Summer from House. a very, very popular pod. Yeah. Yeah, so Hannah and Paige were talking about shows, and Paige was talking about how she loved Bridgerton, um, and how she was in love with the lead actor. I don't... Is it Renee? Reg- I, I don't... I yeah. can't... I don't know... It's, it's like French, okay. right? Or something. And she was gorgeous just, man, gorgeous man, <laughs> gorgeous is man. His, is his and yep. um, Paige was just commenting on like you know how he was so gorgeous and how she thought he should be the next James Bond um, because he's light skinned and he's British, um, and and he's real British. As and I think he's so real British, right? And so, um, you know, people were just like, "That's." It is a weird thing to hear, like, a non-black person call someone light-skinned. Like, it's just automatically, you're like, huh? Like, how did, like, what? Um, And so I just, like, simply address, like, look, colorism. Like, colorism in the black community, in other communities, too, but, like, in the black community um, is a thing. Here's some information, some general information about it. Here's some information about the brown paper bag test. Like a lot of people, I, I, it's one of those things I thought everyone knew. A lot of people don't know about the brown paper bag test. What is the brown paper bag test? It was just in, in the black community, um, you know, a brown paper bag, if you were lighter than the brown paper bag, you were considered, you know, a more desirable black person, you know, you would get, access to more things within the black community certain memberships like you were just considered more palatable more desirable um and yeah anything darker than a brown paper bag was just too dark um and so there's a lot of sensitivities around colorism and so like when someone just you know um says it 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 just you know so I just felt like she needed to hear that and I think in that moment it would have been great for her to have just said like wow I didn't even I didn't even realize it I'm I'm sorry and thank you for bringing it to my attention and I think that would have been it I truly do think that would have been the end of it like if they had just like off the bat said that but they didn't do that they, they instead like scrubbed the episode they cut that part out of the episode. And then I think that then drove to some people in the Giggly Squad Facebook group to then start going onto Reddit and being like, well, then there were all these other problems that they also didn't address. And so then all of this stuff about the Facebook group and how problematic the Facebook group was came out. And then they were sort of like having to manage that. So then they shut down the Facebook group like right after too. And so it just kept kind of like snowballing. And I was like, it didn't have to... It didn't have to go there. <laughs> it just felt like, I, th- I think it could have just been shut down if you were like, oh, yeah, my bad. Like, totally get it. I was not aware of this colorism. Like, thank you for like him. And I also thought it was an opportunity for them to like, you know, they could have brought a person of color on their show to like just talk about it a little bit, right? Like, that's where you can use your platform. That's where you can use your privilege. Like, let's give, you know, again, if it's like we're talking about amplifying melanated voices, like, Let's give room to somebody who does know about colorism, like educate your audience a little bit, educate you a little bit. That would have been cool. Um, it didn't go down like that. So I don't know because, I mean, again, I, I love Summer House and like I want to watch Summer House mm-hmm. and it's I probably will watch Summer House. I just hate watching Summer House, you know, knowing that there's like, I don't know, people don't give a fuck sometimes. That's like the hardest part. <laughs> 
and what appears um, kind of frustrating to a lot of people is that Paige then it gave an apology at the start of I think the following episode and said you know something along the lines of like I'm sorry that I you know brought up his the color of his skin which was not what your post and your social media was about nor many other people um including many black rabbiholics who were saying it wasn't that you were saying this guy was black that was the problem it was that you were putting evaluation on the fact that he was light-skinned and saying that that would be appropriate for someone to be James Bond that you were saying that that was a value that was a benefit to this person being seen in this role that was what was missed not yeah. only in her actual conversation but in her apology which was also missed by Hannah who apologized for not saying something in the moment which is appropriate I think for someone to say I, I'm sorry for that but also the whole the the moment itself was not being discussed within the context of what was really so frustrating for people well that's the problem when you don't listen to the you know if you don't listen to the people to understand what you're apologizing for you can never appropriately apologize all they knew was that their phone was probably blowing up notifications left and right they knew people yeah. were mad and they knew it had to do with this moment so that's like all they could they responded to was like okay this moment happened i'm sorry this moment happened can we move on and it's like no like that's not like you're not getting it like can I ask when you, uh, talking a little bit about your exchange with Andy and the idea of like Stassi and Kristen not necessarily being owed the platform of VPR in which to, um, uh, you know, um, learn or unlearn um, aspects relating to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, what is the line when it comes to, in your eyes, when it comes to, like, the Shep of it all? Somebody who did wrong, did wrong, by the way, on social media, which is seems to be a different valuation for the network, and sort of understandably so in some, in some aspects than on the show itself, who was given an opportunity or, or took, you know, gave an apology was given an opportunity by not being fired and has seemingly, you know, worked on himself. What's the line in, you know, behavior that in your eyes should potentially lead to termination versus watching someone hopefully actively do better? It's such, I mean, like, that's such an interesting and hard question to answer because, like, yeah. there's no consistency even yeah. in Bravo, right? Like, there's just none. So, like, I have nothing to base it on what they're doing. I can only base it on, like, what I would do. Like, you know, obviously, in... If I were doing stuff, like, I think the Bravo... I mean, I think the Stassi and Kristen thing was absolutely what needed to happen. However, it's, like, weird because, like, you know, Max and... Uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember who the other guy was. Other like, guy. I don't you know, know, like, they were... <laughs> I was barely, I barely remembered it when the show was airing. Yeah. The stuff they said was like really, Peter, yeah, was really gnarly too. But I almost feel like, it, you know, 
because it, it was like this collective thing of everything happened at the same time. Like, I feel like that's like part of the reason that the only lost their job because it was just like so long ago that these like t- tweets came out. Like if it had been just that instance of him in that moment and none of this other stuff had going on, I doubt he would have lost his job. So it's like kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> like I just, it's such a, it's such a good question. And I would say like, my goal isn't ever isn't for like everybody to just like lose their job. I'm like 100%, not, I'm not ever trying to be like you just need to get fired and you just need to get fired. Um but I just think that there's if people are not addressing the situ like addressing the situation until they're like it's being hammered into them like you did this wrong and like they've just ignored it until that point and like what's like why why are I don't know why are they allowed to like you know this like great benefit of having this platform making money because the reality is they're not going to lose it like Stassi I'm sure is still making plenty of money from the time she spent on the show let's be real like she hasn't I'm sure she's still getting sponsored I'm sure the fact that you know I mean her baby I'm sure was is making money at this point right like Mm -hmm. I don't believe they're losing money which is also why you know you had a great run it's just it's just about making space it's just about making space and maybe realizing that like certain people maybe shouldn't have been given that platform in the first place and they were and like let's just make space for people i don't know i think it's going to be alert this is all new we're going to be learning as we go and I think we are. And I think some of the casting decisions that Bravo has made has been about both a reaction to specific instances that have happened with some problematic Bravo Lebs, as well as hopefully creating space for other stories and other essentially like storytellers. And the hope is that that's happening behind the scenes, too. It's just my concern with some of this stuff is like the pressure to rewrite the ship seems to be put on some of these people who also happen to have the same skin color as what that other person before them, you know, actively chose to marginalize through their behavior. That is what's kind of the complicated territory. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a business, right? And it's like, just like all these corporations were looking around for the one black employee they had to be like, we need some diversity training. Hey, black person, can you come over? And it it was not, no, absolutely not. Don't look for the only black person. And like, don't, you know, I I always use below deck as an example. It's like, don't start Mm -hmm. trying to just throw a bunch of black people on a yacht because you think that's what we want to see. I don't need to see below deck full of black people. That's not what I'm asking for at all. Like, I'm just like asking for people not even on the show necessarily i'm asking for the people who are like making these decisions about the show um before it's even made have some diversity in that and that aspect because again like with with southern charm i don't know if charleston would have been the city that was chosen i don't know if those people that were the first season would have been chosen because like a black person would have said Mm, Charleston, that is a painful city for a lot of black people. It has a very painful history here. Just like, let me give you a little look from Denmark Vesey's Garden. Let's just read this little, just this first paragraph um, and you'll get a lot of information. I just, I think that would have made some decisions. And I think Southern Charm could have still have been a good show. I, mm-hmm. I, 
I haven't even watched Southern Charm New Orleans and New Orleans is like my favorite city in the world because I don't even think it was promoted to me. I don't even remember it being promoted that much when it was oh, on. Oh, it's a great show. It was a great show. It was a show about relation. It was a show about genuine relationships and marriage in a way that Southern Charm never could be because it's a very, very, it's a generational shift. It's, okay. It's like people dealing with, I think, real world problems in the sense of, you know, my boyfriend I've been with my boyfriend for a hundred years and he hasn't proposed or my husband and I go through stuff and I'm, you know, potentially like reactive with him sometimes. And I'm trying to work on that. And, um, I'm a supermodel and an amazing artist and a bodybuilder. <laughs> John Moody is like, I'm the perfect person. I'm on this reality TV show that maybe not a lot of people watch. Like the worst thing about him is probably some of the viewership for Southern yeah. New Orleans, which isn't actually even his fault. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's just, a, it's wild to me that it has the name southern charm attached to it because it doesn't feel in any way related necessarily to og um yeah, yeah but i think i think you're you know you have, there's so many valid points being made and it is a little bit of a case-by-case -case basis and certainly as the network attempts to navigate really sensitive areas so are we as a community and people are gonna fuck up and it's yeah. just a matter of like listening when you do and 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 hopefully moving forward from that and getting away from the idea of using cancel culture quote unquote as a catch-all um because that's just it's just a distraction from actually talking about these topics which is you know ultimately what we can create space to do while talking about um what the fuck is happening with uh jen shaw and everybody getting pissed at whitney when shouldn't we all be mad at mary am i the only one that felt that way i think everybody did did you feel that watching this episode like, everyone's very upset at whitney which i do not understand <laughs> in any way I mean, are you in agreement What's yeah happening? i mean like it was clear that whitney was wasted first of all like it was just like when she was telling all of these things like mm -hmm. let's just like courage she was just like reiterating some stuff that she had heard from Mary. Like, and Mary was the one that was bringing it up. So, yeah. It's going to be weird to watch this reunion because I don't think Meredith or Lisa care about whether or not the root of this is Mary. And even if they acknowledge that in like confessionals or watch what happens or whatever, it does still feel like they are all just, and Jen, just circling Whitney, who is a woman who just doesn't seem deserving of the kind of vitriol that's headed her way. Well, and I'm also really interested about this. Re well, the reunion's already been taped, so I guess we can't see that. But like, you know, I don't know. Have you been, you know, following? Yes. Uh, okay. The, like, <laughs> no, I don't know. I actually <laughs> the, don't know what you're going to say. The Jen Shaw um, and sort of Heather drama that seems to be happening on Twitter right now. Oh, tell me about it because I'm not on Twitter for mental health. I mean, you know, I'm I'm I do not tweet. I only like when I hear things, I'll just use Twitter as like research source source love. material. I love a lurk. I love lurks are very in fashion right now. What's going on on Twitter? So like I you know they live tweet during the show and like I saw like you know Heather was like live tweeting. It was during the date with Big Daddy, and you know she's sort of like live tweeting. And, you know, the date was awkward and all of that stuff. Um, and then Jen, like, posted this note, like, this thing of, like, clearly directed at Heather about, like, you know, these are, you know, 
He's a black man. If you if you want to, you know, has multiple degrees. Hold on, I'm just going to bring it up. Has multiple degrees and, you know, is respectful. And like, if, you know, and you're just going to talk bad about him. Like, hold on, let me just. What? Yeah. Guys, today, this is the special episode. A lot of it involves us just Googling. And I just um, okay. think that that's a lot of fun. And it's like a fun little special effect. <laughs> Maybe from that early aughts movie I was talking about before. Okay, here we go. Hmm, let me get this straight. So you're not looking for, number one, a black man who, number two, has college degrees. Number three, played in the NFL for approximately nine years. Number four, very successful assistant athletic director for a power five conference university. Number six is respectful to women number seven no good deed goes unpunished oh wait i have puts god in family first where did you see oh yeah sorry puts god in family first and then sorry to god apologies to god and family um uh one and all and then after that no good deed or before that i don't know guys it's been a while for twitter no good deed goes unpunished I mean, what? They were, they witnessed, that was, wasn't, wasn't uh, allegedly this whole thing with this guy, one of the reasons why she did that um, private shopping thing as a, a mea culpa because the date didn't go well. Yeah. And so that was what was strange. And so, you know, <clears throat> and like, I don't, you know, someone sent this to me, so I did not see this myself, but like. I guess someone was saying, like, you know, Heather was just, like, sort of, like, you know, making fun of, the, you know, him making or drinking Shirley Temple's, which it was, we all know what a Shirley Temple is. It's Sprite and grenadine, not... Which cran- he was not drinking. He was not he was drinking cranberry cran- juice orange. and orange juice. Nary a cherry to be found. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think she retweeted a photo of, like, a weird photo of a guy in, like, a hat that looked like his. And so I, I think she was just poking fun at him and, like, you know, um, I guess, like... Jen didn't like that, that she was sort of poking fun at him. Um, but what does that have to do with the actual date itself, which seemed pretty awkward because it wasn't a love match? Like, that's not actually a big deal to me. That's the whole fun of a blind date is that more often than not, it doesn't work out, which is why when it does, it's like a fucking rom-com. Yeah, and I think she was probably just sensitive because it was her friend and she felt like, here's my friend. They didn't have a match connection, but like... Her point was like, but like, don't continue to make fun of him after the fact. Um, and so. Wasn't that like the smallest softball, though, of a thing like Heather Gay is going to be the person that really? I mean, fine, then go to Whitney. Honestly, <laughs> those are the two choices. I don't know. It feels like such a weird softball kind of kick don't you think yeah it was but then some like someone wrote to me and like this was like I was like it did make me feel kind of bad like someone was saying that you know you know he had kind of like gone like he didn't really want to like be on the show but he did like for something and supposedly like because she says she knows him um he doesn't drink and he talks to his students about why he doesn't drink and so like he felt bad like he felt bad watching that because like people like she was making fun of him not drinking and like I think he was watching the show and just felt so that is the thing to discuss because there is something to be said if someone is at dinner and they're drinking and they're drinking a soda instead of a glass of wine maybe don't 
bring that up as an LOL in your confessional, like walk that back a little bit because there could be, you know, something that's very vulnerable for him to see potentially to feel like it's being made fun of you know like I think Heather was that's like the whole intent versus impact like Heather was thinking she was making an lol and maybe for this guy the impact of it was that he felt ashamed yeah he felt felt that he was being shamed which is different from feeling ashamed um oh my well I hope that Heather and Jen work their shit out or maybe don't I don't really care because I love the show so much that it's like if you guys aren't working it out right now or you're like play fighting or you're real fighting honestly I'm here for it and I'm gonna watch 15 episodes about it and I'm gonna say more please so if you guys want to subtweet each other that is the I love it I don't necessarily I'm not fluent in it but I'm happy to learn a new language so like Duolingo Salt Lake City it is because my god more to come um listen I could I feel like this has been like a really interesting kind of conversation yeah we went to Um, a lot of different places went to a lot of different places which is like a fun little like around the world in 30 days or um uh, an hour and 40 minutes um listen so we at the beginning of this episode i talked a little bit about um small business satchels from ags so there's a satchel and then i want to get a satchel from you but there's a small business satchel and guys email them to me at Andy's Girls Show at gmail.com with the name of the small business and uh, your name and what it means to you. And here's a small business satchel from Sophie who says, I currently live outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I want to shout out Hamlet and Ghost in Saratoga Springs, New York. I was lucky to work there as a waitress for a year and the staff truly embraced me and made me feel a part of the family. The owner, Brendan, is so caring toward his employees and super passionate about hospitality. I have been especially impressed with how he's adapted during COVID, all while trying to trying his best to keep staff and guests safe. The head chef, Michelle, a true OG. I've worked at many restaurants and I've never been felt so supported by a head chef. She's beautiful, funny, and compassionate, all while turning out delicious and innovative food, often incorporating local ingredients. Lastly, the bar is insane. Sonia and Vic run the bar program. They make amazing cocktails. They do the classics better than anyone and are constantly thinking up new ideas. They truly know their stuff and are always challenging themselves to learn and grow. These ladies are friggin' babes and they never take shit from annoying (laughs) drunk dudes. Five stars on Yelp style. Love it. Um, thank you, Sophie. And guys, if you're in the Saratoga Springs area, here's a little satchel, Hamlet and Ghost. If you're not in the area and you know a family member or loved one that is, buy yourself a gift card. Enjoy. It sounds like a great place. And, you know, who hasn't worked? Have you worked in the hospitality industry? Um, oh, previously? yeah. I'm, like, very connected to the hospitality industry. Uh Ditto and same. And it is not super typical to have the kind of experience that Sophie has. So all the better to support and celebrate small business owners who run a restaurant like a business in the best possible way. Um, So shout out to Hamlet and Ghost in Saratoga Springs, guys. Buy a gift card. Give them a shout on social media. Um, Sounds like a great place to get a nosh. I mean, I'm like, I'm jealous. I want to be there right now. (laughs) 
right? Okay, guys, let's all go to Hamlet and Ghost in our minds because that's the safest way to transport uh, right now during this time. Um, Kiki, do you have a small business satchel, a company business, restaurant, or, or bar that means something to you that you want to give a, a shout out to? I mean, I think the thing that just sticks out most is just like I probably my best friend's catering company. Again, hospitality got hit so hard, especially yes. in New York. Um, and so my friend, she owns Yum Yum Chefs. It's in Brooklyn. And so obviously a lot of events aren't happening, happening so catering mm-hmm. is not happening. But she's pivoted. She's obviously doing, um, you know, she can do private chefs. She can do meal, you know, meal preparation. But she's also been doing a lot of online cooking classes, which has been super oh fun. My God, I and love it's also that. a really fun gift to give people. Um, you know, you can do solo classes, you can do multiple because it's over Zoom. So, you know, she can have up to like, you know, probably 10 or 12 people in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, I would just uh, yumyumchefs.com is who I'd want to promote. Oh my God, I love that. And <laughs> I want to give a little shout out to um uh my satchel small business satchel and guys i'll include the links to support including your friends link in the show notes for this episode um so click on that url while you're listening um one of my favorite small businesses is actually a very small cheese shop in williamsburg brooklyn called dr cow and it is cheese that is raw vegan organic soy free paleo and it's fucking delicious it's run by a couple from Buenos Aires, Veronica and pa- Pablo, I believe. Um, I see them every week and I have for a couple years. Um, during the height of COVID, they would make a weekly delivery to my apartment, driving from Williamsburg to the Upper East Side, because God forbid I go a single day without my vegan plant-based <laughs> like raw cheese. And um, it's fucking terrific. Uh, I love it. I It makes you feel good. I have some like medical yada yada, so dietary restrictions. But even if you don't, if you're eating plant-based or you want to try, it is unbelievably delicious. And I have tried some other like plant-based cheese things like and never, never again. It's just yeah. this is Dr. Cow's the absolute best. It's run by this wonderful, loving couple who put their heart and soul and dealing with hospitality. They you know, sold a lot of their stuff to a lot of very high-end restaurants, had orders every week, and those restaurants obviously have closed their doors oh, during man. COVID, which is obvi- has been a huge impact for a very small store with a lot of heart. So if you are in the Brooklyn area, highly recommend stopping by Dr. Cow, open Monday through Friday, closed on weekends, or hit them up on their website, and they um, deliver nationally. And um, just a shout-out to them because – I think, you know, at the core here, and we're talking about self-care during this time, it's like my places that I loved going to before mean even more to me now. Like if I can take a social distance safe ferry from the Upper E to Brooklyn to walk around and go to Dr. Cow where they bring, I order in advance do a little invoice thing on my card so I don't have to hand anything. They bring out the bag to me and then I skadoodle. It's like you're in it to win it. And it means so much even more because you know it's being made with love and you know that these are the companies that we hopefully, however we can, um, support now because I want to see them, um, you know, continuing to do well when we hopefully get to the other side. Yeah. Um, 
so guys, send me your small business satchels if you have them, because uh, I would love to continue supporting businesses um, for the next, you know, however long. I love reading the satchels that I've read so far, and I'm excited for this to continue. So slide into my Gmail uh, with your small business satchel pick. Um, Kiki, what are you working on? What's like the latest little project, projecto? That's good. That where was there a little preview we can get before I, the folks I'm... see it on TikTok? I'm working on a couple projects. Um, they're like in development, so I can't talk about them yet. <laughs> but um, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Is it related to Bravo in this way? Or um, tangentially, they they're not giving me a pay. I mean, maybe one day. Hopefully they'll pay. Yes, me Bravo. <laughs> it's on my it's on my vision board. Bravo. Oh my says, god. Just says Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> your vision board is just your is your tv is what you're saying you look at it and you're like well i'm bored so here's a vision um yeah. wow well that's exciting so i guess it's a little bit of a stay tuned stay tuned so yeah for now i'm just like you know uh trying to in my in my spare time just keep uh trying to get um blocked by bravo liberties on instagram and oh my god calling them out on tiktok <laughs> i love that i'm into it and how can people follow you on ig and tiktok um both are the talk of shame both at tiktok and ig amazing and guys i got so many satchels of gold classic from you guys that i'm going to put up uh, a Patreon episode this weekend doing a deep dive. There's literally, I think, seven satchels that I wanted to cover, and they're all 900 pages long, which is my favorite kind of satchel to get because I like a novel. I'm literally that person. Like in class, when we used to do like the reading of the stories in class, I would make sure to raise my hand for the longest paragraph because that is the kind of personality that I am. Uh, which maybe you guys understand if you're an OG of the AG at this point. Um, so I am so excited to put that um, Patreon episode up. Also, there is a Potomac special two-hour episode up, Patreon exclusive, a deep dive of teams Candace v. Monique with mixing with Moni, uh, Faces by Bravo, and Oh No Bravo, where we talk all things Potomac, and a live reaction to the New Jersey trailer when that Ooh. glorious uh precious jewel from franklin lakes came out so all of that's on patreon the number one way to support andy scrolls and you get um invites to special events and exclusive bonus episodes patreon.com slash andy scrolls speaking of all things mixing with Monty, i was on Monty's podcast this week which came out uh this week came out yesterday we're recording this friday night so listen to that with mixing with Monty. and i'm on richie skies um youtube as of today when this episode comes out Amazing. and we're talk we give a big shout out to uh today's guest kiki talking about all things erica jane <laughs> Kelly Dodd um, and more. It's an hour long video conversation with me and Richie where I am like a labradoodle whenever I record with him where I just get so fucking hyped and we recorded at 10 in the morning and I was fucking wild. Also, P.S. I'm one of those people where I think I have a good idea of what I'm going to wear on camera and then I don't ever try it on before. <laughs> So I threw on this fucking ridiculous top from free people that never should have left the store. And the video goes on and Richie's like, hey. And I say, absolutely not. I'm so sorry. This is not going to happen. And I literally went... 
can you see me? Like, this is like one of those viral moments. I'm like, I'm turning the camera off. Can you see my about to be naked body? And he was like, no. And I said, well, uh, that's unfortunate for you. And then literally just threw on the closest thing next to me. And then my hair was all fakakta. And I was like, okay, Richie, good to go. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I was such a mess. It was uh, wonderful. Um, so, guys, I, I actually, I really highly recommend watching that because it was the twists and turns of that conversation was <laughs> <laughs> so genuinely enjoyable to record. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. And follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I post a lot of Bravo polls, and it's where I get a ton of satchels of gold. Um, so follow me on there. And Kiki, this was a pleasure. Such a great conversation. Such a I great always love being with you. I always love being with you, and I'm so excited to see your next little um, TikTok situation. Because uh, I am a TikToker. No, I'm not. I literally have an account to like watch your videos, and that's literally I've never posted. Maybe that's my vision board. Your vision board is Bravo TV, literally a TV screen, and my vision board is googling how young people youth. Um, and I love it, and I'm so excited to to turn back time. Which kids is also a song by a, a famous um, pop star that you can Google for more information before you impersonate them on TikTok. All right, guys, I hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, staying, you know, sane during this crazy time. And uh, can't wait to chat with you guys soon. What more is there to say, Kiki? Oh my God. You said it all. We've said it all. We've mentioned it all. Mentioned so, it all. <laughs> so, well, We'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.